Sermon number 611, Why Are You Tired?, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, June 11, 1972. The text is Galatians, the sixth chapter, the ninth verse. So let us not become tired of doing good, for if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap the harvest. The second Sunday of June is one that is always very important and most meaningful to some of us. Traditionally, it is only the day when we go to camp. Traditionally, it is usually St. Barnabas Day, that great ministry of care which is conducted in our own backyard. And personally, it is to me a day which usually comes closest to my anniversary of ordination. I share with you, being very thankful, that it was just 15 years ago this week that the session of my home church gave to me this robe which I wear in the pulpit on the night when I was ordained to the Christian ministry. And as I'm sure some of you remember, as do I, it was 12 years ago this very day when I first stood in this pulpit and candidated, preached a sermon on the topic, perhaps this is the hour. Uh, it is not, I think, planned, but merely coincidence that on this 12th anniversary I'm preaching on why are you tired. But uh, it's a great moment. Every Sunday that I ascend this pulpit, I do so with a great feeling of joy, fear, and thanksgiving for the power that God and the great Bakerstown congregation gives to me. We've had many joys, many sorrows, much has happened. One of the many things that I always meet with mixed reactions are those days when we must say goodbye to friends who have become so close to us within the life and the heart of this congregation. Today we say goodbye to Deacon Len Record, his wife Joyce, their children Linda, Rich, Tim, and little Jenny as they move from our community this week to a new home in New Hope. We thank you for all that you mean to this church, for your friendship, your hard ministry, and for you. And we pray that in your new home and new hope, you won't forget to come back to the old hope. Blessings by you. Galatians. Paul speaking, 6th chapter, 7th verse. Do not deceive yourselves, no one makes a fool of God. A man will reap exactly what he plants, 
If he plants in the field of his natural desires, from it he will gather the harvest of death. If he plants in the field of the Spirit, from the Spirit he will gather the harvest of eternal life. So let us not become tired of doing good. For if we do not give up, the time will come when we will reap the harvest. So then, as often as we have the chance, we should do good to everyone, but especially to those who belong to our family in the faith. <laughs> Tiredness is something that comes to everyone. That outstanding heart specialist, Dr. Paul Dudley White, claims that we are living in a civilization that is characterized as a fatiguing one. Words like stress, strain, tension, we all use them. Yet, though tiredness is something that comes to everyone, did you ever stop to realize that it is hard to define by anyone? What is tiredness? Exhaustion? Depletion of energy? That's the way the dictionary puts it. Fatigue? When you say that you are tired, what is it in you that is tired? Your muscles, your bones, the sinews and tissues. Geritol users believe it's in the blood. Where is your tiredness? And you'll find that it's rather difficult to define. Now there is a tiredness that comes, we all know of this, called physical exhaustion. When it comes, we neither need neither doctor nor dictionary to define it or describe it. We got it. And we say we're tired. We know how we feel. Bob Hope, in one of his telecast programs, told his audience that in the preceding 24 hours, his heart had beat 100 3,369 times, his blood had traveled a distance of 168 miles, he had breathed 23,040 times, he had inhaled 438 cubic feet of air, he had eaten three one-fourth quarter pounds of food and consumed two pounds of liquid. He had perspired one and one-half pints. He had generated 450 tons of energy. He had spoken 4,800 words and moved 750 major muscles and had exercised seven million brain cells, and when he was finished he said, Boy, I'm tired. 
And we all know that feeling. And by nature, naturally, we seem to know the cure for physical exhaustion. If we don't have enough sense, our bodies themselves either become sick or fall asleep and we begin the cure for physical exhaustion. You know the cure. Rest, relaxation, vacation, change of routine, new atmosphere. The psalmist knew what he was talking about for the green pastures and the still waters. They restore not only the soul but the body as well. But physical exhaustion is not the only form of tiredness that human beings can suffer. People also can be tired in their minds. People can become tired not only because of what their body did yesterday, but because of how their mind thinks today. How you wrestle, accept, and live with such emotional strains as frustration, disappointment, grief, monotony. How you think about these things will determine to a great extent how tired your body is or is not. Psychologists tell us what we already know, that we are psychosomatic human beings. And what happens in our minds definitely affects our bodies. And we can, to a great degree, create in our bodies a new spirit by the thinking of our minds. And we cannot stress too much within the Christian Church the importance of thinking on right things, those things which are pure and lovely and true, and also thinking correctly about the particular emotions that come into your life and into my life. And if we become people who try to live this life by thinking or training our young people to think that life is always lovely, that the road is never rough, that love never has to be long-suffering, that dignity can be accomplished without discipline, that success can come without sweat, that people are perfect, and freedom is always free, then we and those whom we influence are going to be a very tired generation because that's not correct thinking. And when we allow ourselves to think such thoughts, we are people who are not handling frustration and disappointment and monotony the way God would have us. 
and consequently we become irritable, we become disgusted, and we want to quit. Let's learn this lesson. It's in the Bible in many different places. We find it in the exodus of the Israelites as they left the old brickyards of bondage there in Egypt. In approximately 1300 B.C., they were released by the power of God and under the leadership of Moses, and they left that particular country of the Egyptians singing happily on their way to the Promised Land. But one of the reasons it took them 40 years to get there was because they didn't think properly or correctly. There were people who thought that the Promised Land was just around the next corner, and perhaps they might have to fight one battle or two, but certainly no more. All they felt they needed was one little leap of faith, and all their problems would be gone. They didn't count on the monotony and on the marches and on the month after month of the same old daily routine. They didn't count on the sweat and the sand and the scorching sun. And you know what happened. They got tired. They got tired of God and thought that God had forsaken them. They got tired of their leadership and they thought Moses was misleading them. They got so tired they wanted to die. All because they had not learned how to think properly. When your mind gets tired, it's a terrible thing. It's far worse on you and on your family and on your friends and on your colleagues at work than any physical exhaustion. As a matter of fact, there's a physical exhaustion that can really make you feel good. That mental depression and the tiredness of the mind never makes anyone feel good. And what one needs when he is suffering from such tiredness is not rest and relaxation as is the case when you are physically, physically exhausted. No, it's just, just the opposite is true. You need not rest and relaxation, you need rather a renewal of moral courage. That's the secret, courage to this kind of tiredness. That's the only thing that will defeat it, a courage that, is an, that enables you to accept frustration, but not to be defeated by it. Accept disappointment, but not to the place where you're ready to quit. Accept whatsoever comes your way, believing that God in some way is working in that, and he is using that not as a curse, but as a blessing. As I try to say so many times in the counseling room, anything and everything that happens to each one of us, it can either make us or break us. And it all depends upon how we accept it in our minds. Nobody can hurt you, ladies and gentlemen, unless you allow them. 
No situation in life can defeat you unless you allow it. <coughs> courage is what we need when we are mentally tired. The type of courage about which the New Testament speaks so much. Courage which enables us to face anything and to know in our minds that with Jesus Christ we have overcome the world. Someone has said that's the problem with Christianity. Good people getting tired being good before bad people get tired being bad. And they're right. And one of the things that this world is suffering from today is caused by Christians and the Christian church which rather, instead of moving like the army of God, is tired. Tired because we lack the moral courage to know that even in the face of frustration, disappointment, grief, and monotony, we shall still overcome. Physical exhaustion is caused by what our bodies did yesterday or in the last hour. Mental tiredness comes by what we are thinking now. But there's a tiredness that can come by what we believe concerning the future. I really believe, ladies and gentlemen, with all of my heart, that any one of us can face anything in life if, if we believe that what we are doing makes sense, has some meaning, and eventually will succeed. I read an article this past week in Christian Century by Dr. Armand Nikolai II, who is a physician on the faculty at both the university and the medical school at Harvard. It is his educational idea that one of the reasons that so many of our young people today are experiencing restlessness and boredom, which is another sign of tiredness, is because they have a very poor impulse control and do not have the ability to experience frustration. And one of the reasons that such an attitude exists in what some sociologists call our generation as being the tired generation comes from the fact that so many people today do not really believe that their life, their going to school, their marriage, their family, their church 
really makes any sense at all, has any meaning to them personally, and they really don't think that those particular endeavors will really make any difference at all one way or another concerning the future and the tomorrows of life. That's pathetic. I don't care what fight you are in, if it is a fight for health, a fight for happiness, a fight for a better character, a fight for faith, a fight for better business, a fight for a better America and a better world, if you have no belief in the future. And what you are doing is being a part of bettering that future, then you're going to be tired. Tired to the place where sooner or later you want to die. The response to this particular type of tiredness, ladies and gentlemen, is not rest, relaxation, not even courage. It's called faith. And faith is nothing more than belief in action. It is putting to the test the particular things which you believe about God, about yourself, and about the future. Read Exodus again, the one in the Bible. And you read about a man, a man who many times questioned and argued with God about what God was trying to do. A man who by his own family and by friends was called horrible names. A man who questioned many times, a man who did not understand, a man, a man who thought perhaps he was mistaken, but a man who never grew tired after 40 years out in the desert. And why? Even though he did not understand and many times even though he questioned what was happening that particular minute, this man never grew tired because he never lost faith in God and in his belief that God had called him to be in mission for a purpose. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lean on me, learn from me, and ye shall find rest for your souls. That's it. Isaiah says it in another way when he is trying to prepare the marchers, the exilers, before they go back home on that long, long trip. Even the youths shall grow weary and faint. Even the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord... They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings with eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why are you tired? Physical exhaustion? Mental tiredness? What is your spirit? wanting to go to sleep. Rest, courage, faith. These three 
are the things that keep people alive and awake. God bless you. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power of his Holy Spirit be and abide with me and thee while we're absent, one from the other. Amen.